This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. And now a message from former President. Donald J. Trump. On Friday, our great nation witnessed a grave miscarriage of justice, and it was a miscarriage. Believe me, I know miscarriages. <laughs> Everywhere, on TVs, around the world, different people from different countries, beaners, krauts, frogs, mix, spicks, Chinamen, other words I'm not uh, allowed to say, they all saw as one corrupt judge made an unfair decision in favor of an unattractive woman. Believe me, she's not my type. I'm not even sure she's a woman. This judge unfairly, and I mean unfairly, punished an innocent person for what I'm not even sure. I'm talking, of course, about RuPaul's decision to send home Mirage. <laughs> RuPaul chose to save a fat Mexican illegal, and she is an illegal. She said so herself. RuPaul chose to keep this illegal alien who is poisoning our blood and stealing our good American jobs and chose to send home a white American. What is that? She's an Indian? <laughs> Mickey Haley Indian or Elizabeth Warren Indian? <laughs> oh. And the people in the top three were all white and the three bottom queens were all people of color? Okay. <clears throat> On Friday, our great nation witnessed a grave miscarriage of justice and it was a miscarriage. Believe me, I know miscarriages. <laughs> Plain Jane, who is beautiful and Russian, was robbed by a corrupt judge. Plain Jane has it all. She is a bully. She steals. And most importantly, live from the internet, it's Drag Race Recap Live! <laughs> Drag Race Recap Live! With Nathan Patrick Brown, Jay Ellis, Taylor the Latte Boy, Robert Mata, Christian Ocella, Laurie Roggenkamp, with musical guest Fat Boy Fat, and your host, Jobatan. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Jobatan. 
welcome to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 16, Episode 4, titled RDR Live. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by our very own It's Pat from Bloody Podcast. Please say... Oh, I'm such a, a slutty, beautiful woman. To Lori Rockenkamp. I actually, Lori's got to pretend to laugh. I did pull a clip with all the elements for the show. I forgot the, I know what the clip is, and I pulled it. I just forgot to actually put it in the soundboard, so I'll put it later. <laughs> so funny. So <laughs> yeah. funny. By the way, I watched Lori the entire time during that opening bit. Didn't laugh once and just shook her head most of the time. What was your problem with that opening bit, Lori? <laughs> it was just, it was, it, it was too real. That was my problem with the bit. It was too, it was. <laughs> like it was, that's, that's the problem people say with Donald Trump. He's beyond parody. You can't really yeah. parody him because he's, he supersedes whatever you would parody exactly at so at one point i just thought i think we're now just tapped live into a <laughs> into a rally that he's doing anyway um i usually brag about uh, just between us girls at this point but we didn't record it today because originally i wanted to be three people in the show nathan brown couldn't make it so i'm like oh wouldn't it be great if i have two people who were formerly went through the groundlings program and i go to this jay ellis and he basically, I, in my opinion, he had said yes, but he said, he said no. He said no, and I confirmed it, and he goes, and he tells me, Laura, he tells me privately, this is during the afternoon yesterday. He's like, you know, unless you really need me, I think I'm just really done with Drag Race. I just can't. I watch it, but I can't recap it. I just, I can't. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, I'll tell you what, I know Sarah Michelle Geller is a, a judge this season, so in a few weeks or whenever, whenever she's on, I will guest host that time because I have stuff to say about Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller. I'm like, okay, whatever. Not even an hour later. And it's a special guest. So I text him and I go, see you tomorrow, doll. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck. And he, so now to compromise, we're going to do it just between us girls tomorrow with him when we record the tea. So there's no, I can't brag about just between us girls. <laughs> I also love that he's only going coming on just to make a statement about Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, that's what he said. He's like, I have a lot to, you know, he's obsessed with two people. He's obsessed with Sarah Michelle Gellar and this Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh my God. He, it's like, he's, I, I, he, he said he has, he has things he wants to say about Sarah Michelle Gellar. What do you think it is? You think it's going to be kind of cuckoo? I think he's just going to be like, she's great. Thank you. That's it. That's all I have to say. Yeah, like what? What is he? What insight is he going to give into Sarah Michelle Geller? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Maybe. if you want to find out the about the special Sarah Michelle Geller episode of Just Between Us Girls that we're going to record tomorrow, uh, join us at Patreon.com/slash/AfterthoughtMedia. Join us at the executive level and above. You get Just Between Us Girls. Now, if you want to do premium and above only, that's what, that's what your jam is. You still get the show uh early you get it with no commercials often you get it with extra content i was gonna say do you think that maybe he is gonna talk about how she waited to come out and support people who were complaining about um the creator of buffy the vampire slayer oh did she yeah when that when i think his name's ray fisher the uh black actor came forward and said that he was super abusive on set in the movie he did nothing but when that white woman came forward and said that he was super abusive to her during uh angel she was like i i also su i support uh people who come forward against him what do you think jay's response i want you to confront jay about this on the just between yeah. us girls what do you think his response gonna be i think well, i have an idea yeah. well she <sighs> i he, know oh. <laughs> yeah, she I didn't say she was perfect 
I think she's she she came forward because people everyone started coming forward after that, and I think that she you know she it wasn't necessarily that she didn't come forward when Ray Fisher came forward. It's just that she you know she didn't feel like it was her time. Okay, well we'll see we'll see who's right, and if you want to know if she's right, once again, Patreon.com/slash. Afterthought Media. All right, let's jump right into the episode. This week, the Queen star in the sketch comedy show RDR Live. On the runway category is Night of 1,000 Shares. Plasma is named the winner of the challenge, while Geneva Carr and Mirage are placed in the bottom two. After lip sync battle for their lives, Geneva was told, Shantae, you stay, while Mirage was asked to sashay away. Lori, what did you think of this lip sync? Did you agree with the bottom two? And did the right queen go home? I mean, yes, in that... I felt like it, this should have been a double elimination. And uh, so any of the queen, two queens who went home w- was fine by me. I would say the lip sync was probably one of the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, I just, uh, they both should have gone home, in my opinion. I'm going to tell you something. I kind of gave a hint of what I was going to say right now, which is that I don't think the right two queens were in the bottom. Really? Yeah. Like, I didn't think, like, if you go even through the bottom three, I didn't think Maya was that bad. No, 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 don't get me wrong. Do I think she was great? No. But I think she was safe. Geneva didn't know who Lindsey Graham was, and in a weird kind of way, it was so absurd, it was kind of camp. And then when you really look at Mirage, it's a tough position. They write the jokes for you. So, like, I mean, yeah. I think she did what she did, but she just messed up one line when she was talking about RuPaul being a musical guest. But other than that, she was pretty much passable like to me i would have had different people in the bottom i get what you're saying and i i don't don't get me wrong i think there could have been a variety of different people that could have gone home but i i i honestly feel like those two were the worst i mean mirage had the easiest gig the easiest and she couldn't she couldn't make it through the whole thing and you know i i i I just feel like if you can't do a Southern gay Congress, like if you can't do a Southern gay politician, but you can do Southern, like you can still make it a character. Like if you don't know who it is, just pick a very conservative person who's also gay, like make that a character. And I think that she just, she's just not a good actor. She just can't do that. And so I think that she, yeah, I, I thought she should have been in the bottom. Now in terms of the lip sync, Mirage beat Geneva Carr. For just from the dancing and the movements and everything. But she didn't know the fucking words. No, I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to. She didn't know the words. You can't beat somebody if you don't know the words. No, song. but I'm talking if she knew the words, she would have clearly sent home Geneva. And I think that well, was almost yeah. upsetting to the producers because I think they just want to send Geneva home. And if I exercise and eat right, I'll lose weight. But, you know, well, <laughs> ifs are not, are not what actually happens. I know. Well, like, yeah, this happened with, you know... Uh, it seems to bring down many a queen, Valentina. I mean, she didn't want to take the mask off because she didn't know the words. How are you? By the way, the words to this song are not very hard. The reason is no. it tells a story. Yeah. There's only three verses and they didn't even play them on this song. And the, the chorus is very like, it's a very catchy song with very easy words to memorize. It's not, I don't know. It was, it, I, I don't know how Mirage couldn't learn this number. It was yeah very, very strange. All right. After Hershey's elimination, the queen say goodbye to Hershey and congratulate Nymphia, but Q asserts she should have won the challenge. Plain Jane apologizes to a mandatory meeting and attempts to squash their beef from untucked. It's a new day in the workroom and the girls continue to discuss the previous week's drama. Next, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's maxi challenge. The girls will star in the sketch comedy show RDR Live. 
The queens will select their characters and perform their sketches in one take. I was even thinking, Lori, even though I have broken my own rule, I'm like, we sh- I should do this show live and not edit anything. But I've already heard myself mess up a few times. I'm like, I'm going to edit that out. So that's not <laughs> yeah. going to happen. I mean, that's the joys of not having to rely on that, you know? Yeah. And also, to be fair, mm-hmm. the I think the thing that kind of frustrated me a little bit about overall this episode was I felt like they were like, oh, we have to do it in one take, so that means we can't rehearse it or we can't go over it multiple times. They said that? Which I felt... I felt like that's what they did because I felt like for a couple of them, there was like, it was like, did you guys rehearse? Like, it just seemed like there was no rehearsal that, that was done. So, and it's like, even Saturday Night Live has a dress rehearsal. Yeah. Like where they work out stuff and see yeah. what works and what doesn't. So I don't know. Yeah. They're there. In fact, the dress rehearsal is longer. And you know, this too is longer than the actual episode. Cause they remove sketches. They put up sketches. They see what lap, what gets last, what doesn't. And then they, and then they, based on that, and then they see how long they run. And then based on that, they cut things or they add things or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I have some thoughts here. First, when they walk in, Hershey has written the word whiplash on the mirror. I don't know what that's a reference to. Her talent show. Oh, is that what it is? Didn't she do the whiplash, uh, that was her talent? Maybe. Was she saying that song? I have... The worst memory of all time. As soon as I'm done with well, the show, as soon as I edit it and put it out, I forget everything that happens. The, I, I have the benefit of, I think the only two episodes I've seen are the episode where she did that, her talent show, mm-hmm. and then this episode for the so far this season. So, I mean, I have a bad memory too, but. There is a part as well where um, Q says um, that, you know, she hasn't won and she better win this episode, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, this bitch, they never fucking learn. Don't, don't, this is a, mis- this is a Jan mistake. Yeah. <laughs> don't fucking tell them that you want to win and you've been passed over and you're not getting the attention. Cause then that means you're never going to win. I told, literally told Stark cause I had started the episode. I'd started about 10 minutes of the episode and then, uh, Star was like, I want to watch. So we started watching together and I go, Q is the Jan of this season. She they really are going is. to they're gonna slowly drive her crazy by not letting her win. Cause you could tell she's just like, I don't know what to do. Already in episode four, she's like, I don't know what more they want from me. And it's like, you are gonna go insane. So there's this thing, a meme going around right now about the different Jans from the show. Rose is pink Jan. And it's weird because people have pointed out that Q facially looks a lot like Rose. So it's weird that. Q, who looks like Rosé, who is pink Jan, she has that look that uh, she is Jan-like. They're all these queens, you know, once you say that, the producer's like, oh, we're going to fucking torture her with this. She's also got a weird smile. Like, there's something about her smile that is off-putting. I can't put my finger... It, it's like almost like her, the corners of her mouth are too wide. So it like almost makes her look like a joker when she smiles. Well, I, yeah, I think she looks like, to me, she looks like a puppet. To me, she's 100% looks like a puppet. Yeah. When we're, we have to remember something. This is what's really weird is we just saw this opening scene, plain Jane apologizes to a mandatory meeting for coming for her in Untucked. And what's really weird, if you think about it, is that, op- that the opening scene of every Drag Race episode before they come back the next day, that's only hours at, you know, at most yeah. since plain Jane did that. This is not a week later, not a day later. It's hours after this happened. Yeah. So we have to keep that in mind. This has just happened. The wound is still fresh. 
And Plain Jane is already acknowledging like, oh, that maybe might not have been a good idea. And so it's something to keep in mind. But then we come the next day and they bring up the Plain Jane moment again. Now, by the way, I think that Plain Jane was wrong. But why are they giving this oxygen, Lori? Why do you think they continue to keep bringing it up? Because it's the only thing that those two that uh, not plain not plain Jane, but the other one has to go off because she's not plain. I mean, look, plain Jane is not necessarily my favorite, but she's clearly ta- more talented than than her, than the other drag queen. So it's the only thing that she has to run on is just saying like, oh, she you know she said that I don't have looks, and it's like, well, you don't. All right, in the workroom, the queens read through the roles and assign the parts. Plain Jane ruffles Morphine's feathers. Sophia and Mirage both want to host, and Dawn and friends band together to boot Plasma from the update sketch. In the end, the roles are as follows. Uh, Maya Monlepage, Geneva Carr, Morphine Love Dion, and Tsunami Muse are in the End of the World Countdown Cold Open. Plain Jane and Megami are in a Deck Builders ad. A mandatory meeting Dawn and Q are in RDR Update, and Plasma, Sephira, Crystal. And Nymphia Wynn are in the Barbara Shop Quartet. Uh, The queens split up into their sketch groups and get to work. Plasma obsesses on dismissal from update. Megami and Plain work well together. And Geneva Carr doesn't know who Lindsey Graham is. Okay, we have a lot to discuss here. And most, a lot of my notes and most of my notes are in this workroom part right here. Let's talk first about that news anchor drama. Plasma wanted to be the second anchor. Calls the role. I think Amanda calls the first anchor role. And then um, and then Q calls the brick from Stonewall. And then Dawn starts making the case to, and being very objective here, starts making the case to Plasma as to why she should, because then Dawn decides she wants that part. And she starts trying to get Plasma to, to give up or stop fighting for that role. What did you think of that whole moment, moment Lori? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like these kind of things, uh, who was the drag queen who wanted to play the host? I forgot the, the Mirage. Oh, the other one, Sophia Cristal. Sophia Cristal. I think she's amazing. And I kind of view her attitude towards it, like how I would do it, which is like, you're going to do great, whatever character you do. Right. And so you're going to put your oh, You're talking spin. about herself. Sophia's talking about herself. Yeah, yeah. Sophia's talking about herself. So, but my, if I was a drag queen, if I was Dawn, or if I was Plasma in this scenario, I would say, I'm going to do great at whatever character I want to be in. So why not just, if, if somebody else wants a character, I'll just do a different character. That's my attitude. Because it's just like, there's no point, you know? And But in the second w- road, I think... If you really want something, yeah, then stick with it. And I think Dawn was like, "Look, I really want this. This is. I think I should. I think I should have it." And you know, she made a case for it, which is fine. What was her case? I don't remember. <laughs> she well, said, "Didn't she it. say? Didn't she say something like they? She has good comedic timing or something?" No. Or was that Plasma? Plasma, I think, wasn't Plasma saying that her and the other drag queen have a good rapport. So I think you're confusing was... the two. Plasma's the one oh. that they booted. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Dawn is the one who wanted the role from Plasma. Oh, oh. so she was saying that her and the other drag queen have good comedic timing together. Dawn was yeah. saying that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Which they did not. Okay, so I'm going to jump ahead to Untucked a little bit. So everyone should know, as we know, Plasma wins the challenge. And 
in Untucked, uh, when Dawn hears that Plasma's or figures out that Plasma's in the top three, she starts to make this case. Like, you see, I told her she would do really well in that role. She's and to me, she's trying to uh, change the narrative, gaslight the cast, if you will, into making them think, you see, I told her she would do well in this. And they try and gaslight you because they want you to do what they want to do. And so I was like, I didn't think much of it. And then on the rewatch, I was like, oh, this is really disturbing because Dawn, Amanda and Q are being such the fucking mean girls bullying plasma now by the way i can't stand this plasma i can't stand her oh i like plasma i don't I mean, like she's her. she's very uh try hard but i like her i don't like her right but i also know bullying and and whatnot when i see it because you gaslighting because you bully and gaslight me all the time so i'm you used gaslight to gaslight me first off gaslighting Lori, is Lori. when you make somebody think that the reality that they're living in is not the reality oh, that they, th- and that's why i think that yeah. they're gaslighting and yeah. and you are you exactly do that you made up an mm. entire drag podcast Lori, i can't get into this you made up an entire podcast federation and had and brought some random chinese asian dude to come and pretend to be S- swedish or dutch and and that he ran a podcast federation. So anyway, I pulled the clip. I'm not going to even address this. I pulled the clip uh, where of the debate, and you're going to hear. We'll, we'll break it down. Uh, I'll stop every now and then, like we always do. And I want you to hear that Don is doing textbook bullying. Not I wouldn't say bullying. It's mean gay. I don't know what you would call it. Mean gay gaslighting. Okay. And by the way, it's not just Don. Amanda a little bit. Q's a little more than Amanda. Here we go. By the way, this is Dawn talking. I think personally that me and Amanda have a great rapport. We're becoming good friends. Good genius. And I think that we would eat up Anchor 1 and 2 together. Now, this is the real reason. This is the real reason. Which, by the way, just because you're good friends with somebody doesn't mean that you now are entitled to the role. Yeah. Also, just because you're good friends with somebody doesn't mean necessarily that you would play off each other. Well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, for instance, you and I have really great chemistry, but I hate you. Oh, yeah. 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 I have a I have a doll that I, I stab at night that is the shape of you. It's just a giant circle. See, we have so. great chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think that Bar- the Barbara chocolate. was written it's for you, It's written babe. for you, girl. This is the gaslighting. This is like, you don't think that they really think that's written for her. She just wants that role, and she's trying to convince her to take that role. But they don't really, they said the real reason up front. Now they've thought this out. Amanda's hit it, and then now Dawn is jumping on it. Do you think, okay, and I don't know this for, for certain, for certain, but do you think that that is a little anti Semitic to say that this Barbara Streisand role was written they're both for Jewish? Pla- yeah, for what was written for plasma. It's almost like if you told, uh, you know, if there was like a, I don't know, like a, uh, I can't think of like a, a classic. Uh, African American character, but like it would be like if that was like let's say like a Sanford and Son sketch, and you told the the two black people that that was written for them, it'd be like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I could see I that. Guess I think I could that's see that's different, but no, I know. know what you mean. Yeah, I could see yeah. that. Me, Amanda, and Q are all friends, and we want to do this scene together. And okay, that's a good wish, but that doesn't mean why do they have to take it from Plasma, who wants this role? Yeah. Okay. Plasma wants my role. Like, no, she, 
she called the role first. You want her role. She called, yeah, she did call it, Plasma did call it first. And she said, she goes, actually, I also want Inker too. Yes. She, she wants my role. No, Plasma called it. You want her role. Can't you see what's happening? We've, we've yes. decided this already. I'm so. Well, see, that this, this no. is the mean girl no. part. This is the that mean is girl the part. Mean go- that's yeah, the mean l- girl listen. part. Yeah. Yes. Listen to this. I'm going to go back a little bit. I'm going to go back a little bit. Watch. Listen to this. It's happening. We've we've decided this already. I'm so sorry, Diva, but like you will eat no. up Barbara Streisand. I know this. Can you do it? Thanks. Mwah. Thank you, baby. That's the mean girl. But see, this is where I feel like I, I don't know if I would make good television because I feel like Plasma did the best thing, right? She took the role. She killed it. She won, right? I would, if somebody told me that I, I, we've already decided this is my role, I would say, fuck you. I'm taking the role. Like you are not, I don't, it, it doesn't even matter if I want it anymore. I'd be like, well, now I'm, because I'm so stubborn, I'm not going to give up and it's my role. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, yeah, I, I feel like that, but that doesn't make good. That doesn't move anything along. So I feel like Plasma overall did the best thing. What's funny is because of playing Jane, Don and Amanda and Q are kind of seen as the nice girls. But I think in any other season where playing Jane not there, they would be the mean girls. But they're getting they're getting a, a pass because of plain Jane. Here, let's keep going here. I just feel like I was kicked out of the news anchor no, group no, no, without no, my no, say. No, 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 no. It's just an opinion, girl. It's not just opinion. You're, you're no. pressure. You're putting you peer pressure on her. You literally are. You're doing the exact. Yeah, you're kicking her out. Yeah, that a lot of people share. You see, and then Q comes in with his mean girl comment. Meanwhile, if someone did you see Q with his his uh, I don't want to get into it. Never mind. But I was gonna I was gonna insult Q. I was gonna insult Q, but I'm trying to be a better person. But Q, let me just say this: uh, we could make fun of you. Uh, that's all. I'm, yeah. I, I had so many jokes run through my head right now. Yeah. To say it, we could insult you, Q. I'm Why so serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See that it mean feels laugh. Very much yeah. like I'm being assigned a role yes. by someone who's never cast yes. a comedy show before. Well, I don't know about that. And what's funny is, um, Plain Jane actually calls it in a confessional. I didn't record this part, but. Uh, she calls uh, Dawn a gaslight gatekeep girl boss. And I'm like, oh, yeah. See, she, Dawn, I mean, Plain Jane already. Did I say plain, did I say that correctly? Plain Jane called Dawn that? Yeah. And I think that was very smart. Okay. Now we have the drama. Now speaking of Plain Jane. Um, plain Jane. Morphine wanted the other role with Plain Jane. And Plain Jane convinces Morphine not to do that role. Says that Morphine would get you know, buried in that role. And she cares too much about her and she shouldn't do that role. What do you think of this, Lori? As I was watching it, I thought it, she was bitchy. But then when I saw Morphine in actual acting, I thought, oh, she's, she's dead on. She's, <laughs> there's, this would have, she would have not done well. So I kind of flipped, but yeah. Here's the deal. Megami wasn't much better. No, but she at least... I, I don't know. I feel like Morphine would have tried to do her own thing and it would have mm-hmm. not, not, it would have I see what scene. you say. Megami was just like tofu. She was just flavorless. Yes. Whereas Morphine, Morphine would have been bad. She fed off of, uh, of Plain Jane. Yes. Yeah. And Morphine would have just, as you can see, Morphine would have tried to do something else and would have failed miserably. And it would have just not made, it would have made the scene worse. So I want you to know that while a friend of mine was watching the show, he sends me a text message. People send me text messages when they watch the show. 
Okay. And referencing Safira, he says, I don't want to bow down. Then five minutes later, she bows down, which is funny because that's not how I interpreted that. But how did no. you interpret this moment where Safira and Mirage are going for the host position and then Safira withdraws? I, to be honest with you, I think that was the best decision Safira made. The best decision. Because look, this the host is the easiest gig. But mm-hmm. as we learn, e- the easier the gig is, the harder the the um, standards are, mm-hmm. right? So, and I think Mirage felt that too as soon as Safira backed down. As soon as Safira backed down, Mirage was like, oh God, I don't know if I want to do this now, you yeah. know? So yeah, I think... I I think Mar- and Safira even said I feel like I can do great in any role. She wants it, fine, whatever, you know. After the break, so there's a break. After the break, we come back. There's a workroom, uh, more in the workroom, and now the groups have broken up and they're working on shit. And now Plasma is with her group. She's a little bummed that she got booted out, but then they start talking to Barbara Streisand, and then she goes on and on and. On. Do you think Jay's gonna do that tomorrow with the Sarah Michelle Geller? Oh. I don't know. I don't know if Jay is a is a long winded person, mm-hmm. so I don't think he will. But who? I would love it. I would oh, love it would? if it's just. I would love it if it's just Jay for twenty minutes straight talking about or uh, Sarah Michelle. I doubt he'll hear this before he records it. Why don't we not trying him to do it? But we won't stop him. We won't change no. the subject. We'll let him go as much as he wants. Sarah Michelle Gellar. See how much he and can ask talk about it, her. Just ask him questions about, keep asking questions oh, yeah, about Sarah like, Michelle Oh yeah, what was our first movie and all this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When did yeah. you first realize that Sarah, yeah, you Sarah Michelle Yeah, Gellar? yeah, yeah. And does he find like Freddie Prince Jr. attractive and stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was weird. Um, okay, so then there's a part where Megami says, as someone from New York, SNL is part of our culture. <laughs> Did you pick up on this? Did you, hear, did you yes. remember when she said this? And I was like, I thought, what are you talking about? I, I was like, I mean, to be honest, I was like, she does realize that SNL is broadcasted throughout the entire, yes. wor- you know, like country, world, everywhere. Like, it's part of every, it's like, I just, I was like, well, why also, are you gatekeeping Saturday Night Live? Well, also specifically since Saturday Night Live rarely mentions, apart from the live from New from York. From New York, Saturday, Yeah. It rarely actually mentions New York or anything like that. And here's the other thing, too, is I'm actually going to compliment New York, which is New York is one of, if not the most famous, best cities in the world, right? It is. Yeah. It's the most famous city in the world. Yeah. And you're going to say of all the things that New York is amazing at, Saturday Night Live is an integral part of that culture? (laughs) It's the fabric, it's the it's the stitching of the of New York City. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No. I. I. I could see maybe being like Upright Citizens Brigade is yeah. part of the New York culture because that's where it got started and it's you know it's more it's not necessarily as well known and you know and everything. I could see that being a thing, but not Saturday Night Live. I mean. <laughs> You know, uh, maybe it is, but it's way down on the totem pole for me. I thought that was, I thought that was a very classic New York thing where they just think that everything is, yeah, you know, solely there. That is, yeah, people from New York do think, tend to think it's like the center of the universe. Um, yeah. All right, and then there's a part where Plain Jane, that all the groups are talking. She just kind of walks up and reads the other team and then moves on with her life. And I go, she's really good 
and how to, knowing how to make TV moments. Like she just yeah. went up and just insulted these queens and then moved on with her day. And well, then she says she goes, "I'm doing my own. I'm doing my own RuPaul walkthrough." Yeah, something. yeah. I thought I thought it was a really great moment. Look, it's one you love to hate her. You love to hate her. Did you have any other moments from this workroom segment and everything, Lori? Uh, no. Okay, we are going to take a break. Um, Lori, do you have anything to do before we take a break? Up now, Fat Boy Fat. Marashi fought to play the host of all the roles. It's the one she wanted most. It didn't go well for this indigenous queen. Next thing you knew, she was forced to let sing. Geneva Carr was caught in a jam when she was told she would play Lindsey Graham. She fucked it up as Lady G and found herself in the bottom three. And sent the girls home one by one Danced to her gay boy music Till Rue was done That lady twirled and swirled And it all seemed so absurd Shantae, you stay fat lady Cause you knew the words Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Recap Update. My name is Joe Batance. And I'm Laurie Roggenkamp. Yeah, and this is Recap Update. And we're going to do that bit that we always do that we're really famous for, where Laurie uh, wrote jokes for me, and I wrote uh, jokes for Laurie. Yes. Who's going to go? Why don't I go first? <clears throat> okay, you go first. All right. I didn't like the joke about the brick at Stonewall because not many people know I was the wall. <laughs> I think that's a good joke. <laughs> this week, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced the nominee for the Academy Awards. While many applauded the diversity of the people nominated, some were surprised that Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig were ignored for their work on Barbie. 
Frankly, I don't know why anyone is surprised that blacks and a Mexican robbed two white women. Oh my God, Lori. Uh, I could you? not have said that any worse. I could not have butchered that joke anymore. All right. The Barbara Streisand sketch was a little much. I haven't seen so many people suck at being Jewish since I walked in on Betty blowing Joey <laughs> Senior while a naked rabbi danced the horror. That was weird. That was a weird confession. Yeah, sorry. I was, it was a weird moment. Yeah. <clears throat> on Friday, President Donald Trump was ordered to pay over $83 million to writer E. Jean Carroll for defamation amid allegations of sexual assault. Okay, so now we're saying every white woman can get $83 million for one finger inside of her? Okay, Star, you owe me $415 million for last night. <laughs> Whoa, Star! That's crazy. She owes you a lot of money. She owes me so much. So much. Star is upset with me because I don't want to drive to Culver City, but I will as soon as Star and Lori have a baby because I'll... <laughs> Because I want to fuck that baby. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Sorry Joe. Care. All right. <clears throat> the United States showed data this week that the U.S. economy grew by 3.1% in 2023. Meanwhile, this week, my doctor showed me data that my chance of living to age 50 has decreased by 300%. Oh, my God. Lord, that's horrible. Yeah, I, I have I have hours. I have hours to live. <laughs> hours left? <laughs> yes. All right, well, that's the Drag Race Recap Update. That was that was that was some tight joke writing. Tight joke. Writing. <sighs> wow, Laura, I can't believe. Now let's judge some comedy. Now after we show <laughs> <laughs> Ross Matthews joins Ro- RuPaul for this week's table visits. No one on Team Cold Open has done sketch comedy, but Geneva is confident her grocery store days will help her with her lines. Safira shares that she let Mirage have the hosting gig, and Mirage seems unsure. Of herself. It's Elimination Day and the Queens get into drag. Mirage opens up about her indigenous identity. Geneva and Tsunami bond over their dreamer status. And Amanda reveals her job as a ghostwriter for OnlyFans girls. All right, your thoughts on everything that happened here, Lori, on the table visits, on the Elimination Day, all that drama. I mean, I don't know why it was so surprising to me that those queens hadn't done sketch comedy. I feel like that's a very niche kind of thing to get into. So to be honest, I would be more surprised if all three of them were like, yeah, I'm on several sketch teams. <laughs> but that said, I will say I'm not, I'm surprised because well, I don't know how many queens live in L.A., but I would think as a drag queen, I would take these classes so that you can. And I'm not saying I'm not saying go all the way to Sunday company, but take like the basic classes just so you have a basic understanding. Well, I, but yeah, but improv is different than sketch. I mean, an improv class, they asked who's done sketch comedy. They, they didn't ask who's done an improv. Class. Well, I think they should do both. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you would think, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. But like, so, cause some of these Queens live in major cities where they have something Chicago, for instance, has a major improv and sketch scene. Obviously, Los Angeles, New York. There's so many New York girls. So you would think that they would have done something. What did you think of Ross Matthews being there with RuPaul? I think Ross is a very is a, a entertaining, funny person in his own right. He's not a sketch comedy person. You know, like, I, I get a little frustrated when they have these people who are funny judging uh, comedy that, they, that is not their purview. 
And as we'll see in his sketch, you know, I have notes about him too. So, you know, it's like, I think that, you know, I don't know. I felt, I wish they would have got like it, get Cecily strong, 80 Bryant, get somebody to come and do. Well, yeah, you're visits. right. Cause they film in LA and there are so many former SNL people. Yeah. Who they, like Sherry O'Terry would for sure come in for a fucking day. Oh, she would do it in a heartbeat. Yes. And she would be great. Rachel Dratch. You know, a lot of Rachel these Dratch. queens would come in for a fucking day. Bobby Moynihan. Bobby Moynihan. He's already done it. Andy Samberg. Yes. Like, get somebody. Well, he's a little big. Well, but I think he would be a good trans. I think it would be good, a good bridge. And I'm sure he would probably do it. He's based in LA now. Well, what's funny is RuPaul's actually hosted SNL, so I can see why she would have advice because she's done SNL. Yes, and and she she would be. A, I wish she would have done more to help Mirage. She would have been a yeah. good person to show. Yeah, because but, you're yeah. right. RuPaul hosted. You're right. Yeah. RuPaul's actually hosted. Knows how it's supposed to go. You're right. But she like actively avoided talking to Mirage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. she did. Um, but by the way, so there's a part where Geneva says, "Well, I can memorize lines because." I used to be a cashier and they act like this is the craziest thing that anyone's ever said. I'm like, is it really that crazy to say I used to be a cashier so I could memorize lines? Well, I don't know what a cat. Did you, do you have to say a script when you're oh, a cashier? I don't know. I'm not a cashier. I mean, I could see, I could see maybe being like, I can memorize lines cause I used to be a waiter. We'd have to read off food, you know, the meal of the day or whatever, but I don't see how being a cashier equates to memorizing lines i wish they would have asked more follow-up questions instead of just being like that's crazy well i think they had their predetermined bits like for instance when rupaul when she's talking about she goes so did you all choose these roles and then plasma makes a face and, and ross goes what's this about what's this face and i'm like bitches you know exactly what's happened <laughs> you know yeah why don't they just say i heard this happened but they do this thing our as producers like, yeah our producers told us this yes happened. What's this weird thing they put that they really pick up on what the girls are saying? Now, Safira at this at this at this point, she starts to explain because they ask about they go because they, you know they're psychic. They're like, oh, did anyone fight for a role or something? And then talk, Safira talks about her and Mirage, and Safira explains the story. And I felt Safira's version of the story was pretty close to the truth. Yeah. Um, and but Mirage acts like, oh my god, this bitch just lied in front of RuPaul. And, yes. And I was like. What did she say that was wrong? Mirage, the second Mirage gets the role, she acts as if it was put upon her. She wanted the role. Yeah. And the second she, it, it would be like if we, you and I were up for it and I was like, I want to be a host. And you're like, I, I also want to be a host. And then I, and then you, you go, you know what? Never mind. You be the host. And I go, why do you want me to be the host? Yeah. It really was the second. The second Safira said, you can be the host. She went, um, okay, I guess well, I'll be I, the host. And you're I like, guess. One second ago, you were fighting for this role. You said you wanted it. Yes. Uh, and th that was her whole attitude throughout the rest of the thing was that she, she acted as if it was, it was like her, she, her, she was like, I'm like plasma. I was assigned this role. And it's like, no, you asked for it. <laughs> you got it. It, it is. It's very, very strange. It didn't make any... I still actually, to this day, even moving forward, I don't know what Mirage is like. Like, if we interviewed Mirage, that would be my... Walk me through your thought process here, because I'm very curious. You were fighting for it, unless there's something we didn't see. Like, I don't understand what happened, because it seems well, yeah. what we saw, everything was accurate. Maybe she thought that once she got it, she realized what was at stake. Maybe that was it. 
maybe she's like, oh, I'm hosting the whole thing now. And she's like, uh, oh, this is Or I wonder if she was like, well, let, I don't know what I want, but I don't want the producers to know I don't know what I want. So let me pretend fight for a role. And then Safira will get it. And then I'll just be like, okay, well, I guess I'll just take the other role. Yeah. You know, but it makes it seem like I want something. I didn't get it. And then it. She got the role. It, it turned on her. Yeah. She got the role. And she was like, oh, shit. You know? Yeah. It's sort of like, uh, I don't know if you've ever done this, but like if you see somebody like carrying a bunch of stuff and you're like, oh, do you want me to help you? And you're secretly going, please, God, say no. Yeah. Because you don't want to help them, yes. but you want to yes. seem like you want to help them. Yes. And then when they say yes, yeah. yeah. And then when they say yes, you're like, God, now I gotta help you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, by the way, let's talk about Safira in the confessional. I don't know why I clocked it while watching this, but the outfit she wears in the confessional, I'm all. If they ever made a gay black man version of Carmen Sandiego, like where in the world (laughs) is Carmen Sandiego? Safira's got the role down. She's dressed like a gay black. Like if um, who's that gay black guy from Pose? The one, the one gay black guy from Pose. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, oh, Billy. Uh, Billy Porter. Billy Porter. Yeah. Billy Porter. It's like if Billy Porter did "Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego." That's sort of what it's giving me. Yes. Yeah. I love. Yeah, I definitely love the that outfit. I was like, oh, that's that's a that's a classy outfit to wear during a confessional. All right, elimination day. Uh, let's talk about that. We t- we 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 get a discussion about Mirage. And his, indi- I'm sorry, her indigenous background. We learn about uh, Geneva and Tsunami sharing a dreamer status. And then uh, Amanda reveals that she uh, has a day job as writing for OnlyFans. Did you have any thoughts on any of these storylines? I just loved <laughs> I love the seriousness of Mirage and then the two DACA recipients. And then... Uh, I, I ghostwrite and only things. It, like, it, it does like show you sort of the divide ran- between people of color and yeah. then white drag queens. You're right. Yeah. Such a random, you know, all these, all these like people are like, you know, it's, str- I struggle with my identity. I struggle with a lot. Of, and then they're like, I struggle with the fact that I might, my stat, my citizenship might be taken away from me. I, I respond to straight men as a, as a blonde woman. <laughs> like Which by the way, she's just like, okay. Admitting that she's getting paid to catfish. You know, that's one of the funny things about a gay yes. men. If you catfish straight men as a woman for work, oh my God, work queen bitch. But if someone catfished them, it's like the worst thing that ever happened in the world. Oh, yeah. It's homophobic. Yeah, homophobic. Can yeah. you believe they're doing that? This is horrible. And so it's very, very funny. Um, all right. Let's go over to RDR Live. There's different sketches. We can talk about each sketch. We're pro- You know, I will be honest with you. For people who are looks queens... I mean, we're probably going to go like, and the looks happen, but we're going to spend a lot of time here on the comedy uh, Matthew challenge. All right. The opening sketch was this one where it's supposed to be like live New Year's Eve, but there's an apocalypse and you had an Ander, wasn't it Branderson Cooper or Brandy Cooper or Brandy? And then, yeah. uh, Andy yeah, Cohen. Brandy Cohen or, or something. Oh, and then the, yeah. Brandy Cohen. What did yeah. you think of this sketch? So I, oh, across the board, I would say that I feel bad for the queens because the writing for the sketches was Horrible. not good. Horrible. Um, so I feel like a lot of the, the quote unquote like judgment was like, you need to turn that back around towards your writers because the, the queens had like, and I don't know how, how much they could add to the, to their character. 
So like those two hosts had nothing to do. Like when I, when I was like watching, I was like throw, they should be like dodging ash. They should be dodging particles or getting water thrown at them or something physical that they can do. So that way it, it livens it up because really all we were watching was just them struggle to read a prompter. That's what we were watching. So, yeah, I think it would take a very skilled, uh, sketch person to really make something with that writing because it was so bad you know i knew someone who worked for world of wonder a long time ago and they told me and i don't know if this is still true that there's this he, i mean tom campbell is still a producer on rupaul's drag race an executive producer he's one of the people who runs it and he insists on he thinks he's really funny and he insists on writing all the comedy sketches which as we can see from their comedy sketches he's really bad at it very very bad he's at bad. it. bad and 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 also it's like one of those things where he's not even really writing it's like to me i i felt like what he did was he took snl classic snl sketches put them in ai and said write a sketch based off this these sketches so he he did a newsroom he did kind of a news report kind of sketch for the cold open i would say for me okay so the two hosts clearly struggled to read the words right and i feel like if if that's the case you got to lean into it you got to lean into it you got to make that part of your character because and and also i felt like there was no reacting between any of those queens even though the the woman who played donna lemon who i thought did a better job than the other two i'm saying when we were talking earlier that's maya who was in the bottom three and i feel maya was the best one in that sketch Yes, I thought she did. Although I will say, I sadly, I kind of agree with uh, Michelle Visage, which is that I felt like her wig came off right at the beginning of the scene and there's no heightening, you know, like I felt like that should have been something that happened maybe in the middle or something. But she she just sort of like went from zero to 60 really quickly and then stayed at 60. So there was no like levels, but she did a good job overall. She did a good job. But there was no reacting between any of the queens, especially the two co-hosts. One would say something, and while one was saying something, the other was just standing there motionless, not doing anything. It's like they they came to they went into character as soon as they said their words, but then when they were at, when they weren't saying words, they were out of character. And it's like, no, when you're you're doing this, you have to be reacting in character to everything everyone's saying. Uh they were doing a top 10 list. They either they did it and they cut it from the sketch or they didn't do 876. They went number 10, number 9. And then when they come back, cut back from Donna Lemon, they were like, now number five, four, and three. And they went two and one. It was very yeah. strange. And then the Lady G bit. Look, it wasn't good. It wasn't, it wasn't good. good. It wasn't It wasn't well written it wasn't, No, no, no. There was nothing. Even if you no. played Lindsey Graham, there was nothing. That's the thing, too, is there was nothing in the sketch that even hinted who Lindsey Graham was. It could have been written for literally anybody. But the thing is, is like... The, so if I were doing that, I don't know how I would do it, but it was a poorly written sketch. But if I was doing that, the way I read the sketch was here's, you have this conservative man who's clearly very gay, right? And so now that the apocalypse is happening, he's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to be my gay, the gayest thing, person I've ever wanted to be. Right. So it's like, just be big and boisterous and Southern and just be like, yeah. So I don't know if he, he could have been drinking from like a dildo cup or, doing something that was like super gay 
right? That he could have done, like, get props involved to show that, like, it's the end of the world. I'm going to be fucking gay. Like, make out with one of the pit crew. Do something to where you're you're just, like, gay on top of gay on top. Like, it's, like, almost like, oh, we get it. You're gay. You know? Because he hasn't been able to be gay. Mm-hmm. So now he's going overboard. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I should pull the transcript and tomorrow on Just Between Us Girls, we should all take a crack at Lindsey Graham's uh, bit. Yeah. yeah. Not okay. a bad idea. All right. Uh, the next we had the monologue, uh, which is Mirage did the monologue. What did you think of the monologue, Lori? So, again, I don't. W- did she write the monologue? That's what I wrote. Because they acted like she wrote it, which, if she had to write it, that's unfair. But it seemed like it was written. Yes. It had that same feel as the other sketches. Because I felt like we didn't really get to know a lot about her. Yeah. And I feel like with a monologue, you want to know about the drag. You want to know about the host. I'm almost right? wondering if what she wrote was like they had the, the jokes written. It said, oh, the tuck is so tight blank. And she had to choose which drag queen it was. Oh, okay. That could have been it. But like. I thought she was clearly nervous. Right. And. uh she kind of ran over her lines a little bit. She didn't have the tempo of a joke uh, d- quite down. And she she would do this thing where she would start off loud, right? She would say like, the jib is a name, you know, is is a name for the camera. But it's also a name for the... <laughs> and they'd be like, and the, this is a name for the lights. But it's also a name for the... And so it's like the funny part, we couldn't, I couldn't really understand. And then she kind of started flubbing up her lines a little bit. So, yeah, I feel like she deserved to be in the bottom simply because she was, it. her job was the easier of everybody's. And she, in my opinion, did not do the best, do do well. I mean, she wasn't terrible, but she she I, I thought she should have been in the bottom. All right. Very good. Um, I didn't think she was that bad. Again, I thought she was safe. I think the big mistake she made, I don't think this is really a mistake, but this show, if you flub a line, it acts like that is the biggest sin you could ever make is to mildly, she only mildly flubbed a line. She kind of just tripped over her words when she was talking about RuPaul as a musical guest. Um, To me, I felt what she did was sort of safe. Like to begin, again, uh, whoever was in the in the CNN sketch so far, the the host, the Branderson Cooper and the Andy Cohen one, who was that? Oh, I have it here. I have it in the script. Uh, the script. Let me see. In that one, it was Morphine, Love, Dion, and Tsunami Muse. Morphine and Tsunami, to me, they should have been in the bottom. Both of them. They were worse than anyone yeah. we've named so far. So you're saying, but wait, they put Maya from that sketch in the bottom, but not Morphine or Tsunami. No, Maya should not have been in the bottom. But what I'm saying is, is you also have to look at what they were asked to do. And in my opinion, Mirage was asked to do the least mm-hmm. and still didn't rise to the occasion. I don't know. So that's why I feel like she should have gone home. I don't know. I, I do agree that Safira would have knocked out of the ballpark. But I do still feel like Mirage gave a safe uh, performance. Now, by the way, I just gave a long Rulaska thoughts thing where I don't like to see a twink lose or cry. So maybe... I will acknowledge maybe that's color in my opinion. Yeah, it definitely was. I Well, I did laugh a little bit because I thought, oh, she's not leaving the stage. I thought I was like, please stay on. I, I wanted to see like security have to escort her away. I thought that would have been really funny. But I also did feel bad because, 
I, you could tell that she just did not think she was going to go home, which to be honest with you, you show, you do a lip sync and don't know the words. I mean, come on that. I felt bad for her. Okay. We love Dex. We love Dex is a sketch with uh, Megami and plain Jane. Your thoughts on this. So this one, I thought, I thought they did good. Right. But it's just an exact ripoff of a Van- the Vanessa Bayer, Cecily strong sketch that they do where they play ex, uh, um, sex workers who uh do commercials for things right they're por- ex-porn stars or they're they're porn stars who are who do like commercials for you know different random things and i felt like if that if that's what you're gonna do as a direct ripoff then do it you could have done it a, a better because i feel like the funny parts for uh from that those sketches are that you know, they just, they mess up their lines. They don't know where they're at. They don't, you know, it's not necessarily that they're just monotone and just saying the words, you know? Well, there's also a thing where, like, uh, Plain Jane seems to um, channel, I'll say in a generous way, Jimbo often uh, during these things. And Jimbo, around this time, with Jimbo... I don't know when they exactly they filmed, but based on history, All Stars would have just ended or they, she just missed a finale, the Plain Jane. But Jimbo did a similar type of role on All Stars last year. And I feel, again, this is another example of Plain Jane channeling this SNL sketch, Jimbo, and just d- using it to her advantage and taking credit as if it was original with her. So I don't know. I, I didn't think that this wasn't that... Again, I'll be honest with you and kind of tip my hand. I didn't think anything here was funny. I didn't think anything during this was funny. I never laughed once. I never smiled once. I just sat there and stared at it stone-faced. There was a, I, I will say, I, I, there are, we'll get to it, but there was one that I genuinely thought was good. It was, like, better than most. But um, can, I, can we talk about Ross Matthews, too, in the sketch? So Ross Matthews, so the, the point of the sketch if we're going base, if we're doing a straight rip off of the, the Cecily strong, Vanessa Bayer sketch, rock the, they always have a man come in and the man is another porn star who comes in and does, uh, you know, he does one of the, um, an, an advertisement or he does like the, he's like the person who talks about it. Right. And the, the, uh, product. And he uses a lot of sexual innuendo, which they did fine. But he's usually got, he's usually like very monotone as well. And I just didn't feel like Ross Matthews captured that. He just sort of was like Ross Matthews in a lower voice doing sexual uendo. And everyone was just dying laughing. And I was like, he's not doing a good There's job. There's also this thing where so, Ross Matthews, he's going to show in on there. He's going to show them how it's done. He's going to show the girls yeah. how it's done. This is how you do it. You know, and it's yeah. like, and no, Ross, not. no one thinks of you as a sketch comic. Um, then we have RuPaul do a musical number. I just it was just her walking around doing things. I, I didn't I wasn't super, super impressed by this. Do you have thoughts? I could not for the life of me put the words together like they just they were coming out like they just didn't make sense to me. But I loved the outfit she was wearing. So I was like, oh, good outfit. So that was it. That's all I thought. Um, all right. Then we went right into the Queen Network News QNN. Um, what do you think about the anchors, the brick moment, all this stuff, the brick at Stonewall? So who was the one queen who was the one who kept messing up her lines? Was there a queen that kept messing up her lines? Yeah. Messing, messing up the jokes. Oh, I don't know. The one that was sitting to the left. Oh, that was Amanda. The, not the one with the... 
not the one with the weird eye makeup, but Amanda. the other the other one. Amanda was on the left. Don was on the right. M- Amanda was yeah. Amanda couldn't couldn't tell a joke to save her life. She kept walking over. She would tell the joke like she was telling a full sentence. So she'd be like, you know, uh, like let's say. I'll just read the one of the jokes that you wrote, right? She would say, On Friday, President Trump was ordered to pay over $83 million to write E. Jean Carroll for defamation amid allegations of sexual assault. Okay, so now we're, we're saying every white woman can get $83 million for one finger inside of her. Okay, Star, you owe me $415 for last night. That's how she would read the joke. Like, she was just like... it. it was There's like no she, pacing. I just felt... There was no pacing. There was no comedic timing. And there were a couple of times where she would even totally flub the line and just not even get, like get it out correctly um dawn i thought did a a good job i thought she did a passable job i mean it wasn't like those those jokes were written for them so honestly all they had to do was read them you know they weren't it wasn't anything too big the brick uh i did not like it i felt like they were complimenting q look here's the thing and this is my opinion you guys i could be wrong i felt like they what they were trying to do was emulate or copy Bowen Yang's iceberg or when he does like a amorphous block uh, being right when he comes out as a cloud or an iceberg or whatever and Bowen Yang in those sketches and the in the weekend updates is very bitchy and like reacts to what the the host says and everything and and she was doing none of that she first off was not reacting at all to the host they would say they would ask a question she would just inter- she would just say her line like she wasn't re- she wasn't receiving the information from them they, you could tell it wasn't a conversation. She was, she was, they were saying a line. She was saying a line. They were saying a line. It's like, no, we, I have to feel like this is a conversation and everything was one note. She was just always so like, she was always just at a, at, at a 10. And I just felt like there wasn't a, an even pace. So I don't know. I just didn't like it. Are you good at desk bits? <sighs> I feel like I could be, uh, I'm good at being like frustrated and loud yeah. So I feel like I'm good at that kind of attitude, but I don't know. It's we'll funny see. that you say that because uh, here to comment on desk bits, we have AI Lori. Give it up for AI Lori. Hi, it's me and Lori. Oh, hello, AI Lori. What do you? What are you? Uh, why do you think you're good at desk bits? Well, you know, back in 2006, I used to write a lot of classic jokes. Real life, Maury, why are you rolling your eyes? Because I, first off, I was a comedian for uh, longer than just one time period in 2006. And I know you're going to make a reference to the fact that I was quote unquote racist. Well, Lori, I, do you know how AI works? Yes. You take, yeah. Okay. So we took all your jokes, somebody, not me, I'm AI Lori. Somebody took all your jokes, put them in a computer and out came me. Okay, so I'm just telling jokes. Like, for instance, to the on today's episode or this episode, we learn that Geneva Carr is a dreamer. You know, she is an undocumented person here. And I thought to myself, because I bully on all the jokes you wrote, they should change her name to "She Need a Green Card." No, no, that's not. I never want. I didn't. I have not. No, well, no, I haven't done no no racial jokes, but I've never done any. I I wasn't on a 2006 racist comedy tour. But Lori, I'm toy. you. Just I'm just your bits, realized you as a person. No, I'm like you are Joe's interpretation of no. me. No, um, for instance. All right, 
fine. We'll do a joke about uh, my my dad and my brother are arguing whether or not my if my brother has a baby boy, he should be he he should circumcise the the penis. Beep okay. puppy puppy puppy. Did you hear the one about uh, my dad and my brother? No. What was it? They're fighting. It's that age-old fight. Do we circumcise the baby? Do we not circumcise the baby? So I'm just splitting it down the middle. (laughs) The end of the joke. (laughs) I think if it gets cut off, I'll just Uh. pack it with dirt and pee on it. Okay. All right. Yep. That's actually a thing that I've said, so I can't. Of course, be mad because at that. I have your entire life and jokes inside of me. All right, yeah, okay, fine. So tell another joke that I would. Okay, say. this Mirage, she's really hot. Have you seen her? I think she's really hot, and uh, I'm like, is she indigenous or in a digit in her anus? I have to workshop that joke. <laughs> yeah, you have. That's not a joke. It's just being. <laughs> It's just being racist by the, I look like I have a giant black penis in front of me. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. By the way, when uh, Mirage was crying on the stage, I was thinking, oh, well, these indigenous people, they love to cry. <laughs> Trail of tears. Am I right? What? And then I was like, no, somebody better hand her some teepee. No, no. It's toilet paper. I was not like that. No, no, we're done. We're moving on. I'm just glad you didn't do any jokes about me and my aunt or anything. That would no. Why would I do that? You've never written those jokes. I don't know. All right, Aunt Lori out. Goodbye. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. Well, back to the sketches, Lori. Uh, there was one more sketch. It was um, the holidays with Barbara Shop Quartet. Uh, your thoughts on this? So. This one was probably the best sketch and it was still middle of the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was still like, okay, I didn't quite understand. Like they didn't make clear if these were all Barbara Streisand's or Barbara Streisand in person. Oh yeah, you're right. Or, that wasn't clear. You're right. Yeah. Or if they were the, um, uh, Mike Myers, oh, uh, the coffee you know, talk fans. Yeah. Yeah, Coffee Talk fans of Barbra Streisand. And they were just singing. Because, like, Plasma was doing a clear Barbra Streisand impersonation. Plasma, I thought, was the best of everything. Well, I think Plasma carried the sketch. Yeah, she did great. I, but also, I feel like she did what she did what I had said in, before, where she reacted to everyone. She didn't break character. She had she had fun with it. She was silly. Like, she had you could she had a clear defined thing, right? I thought that the other two did passable jobs, but again, it wasn't really clear. Like, Safira, is that her name? Safira. Safira. Safira, she was fine, but she wasn't doing a Barbara Streisand impersonation. She was just doing like a haughty, you know, uh, woman. It seemed like she was doing like a haughty woman from New York kind of character. What was the, who was the other character? Who was the other one that was in there? Nymphia did fine. She was passable, but again, I don't know what her character was. <laughs> and then who were the queens that were just standing off to the side? I don't know. They just panned to them and they went, woo! And that was it. And it was like, why were they I there? don't know. So that sketch was the best and it was still very confusing and, and not... Un- I, it didn't make any Sephira sense. Safira and Nymphia should thank 
plasma for saving them. The, there were two yes. others who should have been in the bottom ahead of many of these drag queens. I mean, I thought they did a passable job. I just felt like the writing of the sketch didn't make it clear what was happening. So that was yeah. all right. That was the final sketch. Um, all right, then they did the looks. Night of a thousand shares. Were there any? You know, I never have thoughts on looks. Were there any uh, looks here that you thought were worth worth mentioning or? No, I thought they all did fine. I don't know. I felt like the when they were judging them, they went into the weeds a little bit. But I thought they all did fine. Um, okay, on the main stage, RuPaul names Plasma the winner of the challenge and places Geneva Carr and Mirage in the bottom two, forcing them to face off in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song, Dark Lady by Cher. In the end, Geneva Carr is told Shantae you stay, while Mirage is asked to sashay away. Lori, any final thoughts on the episode? Yeah, I can we talk about the judging a little bit? I thought it was funny that RuPaul was like having almost like an existential crisis when she was like, you young people, I like to see how you put things together. And it's like, no, you can't do that. And it's like, what the hell are you talking about? She just wore two, two, she wore a jacket with a different, different styled pants. Or I think you're talking specifically about Mirage having the wrong era of hair with her outfit. Yes. I think they had to do it because they needed to justify why Mirage was going to be in the bottom because her sketch wasn't that bad. I mean, her hosting thing. And the look actually was pretty fucking good. It should have really saved her, to be honest with you. So they needed to be like, oh, well, yeah. you got it wrong because you didn't do the right era of hair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was just, I, I was just, I thought it was funny. They said the same thing to uh, the drag queen who who has braces. Maya. Uh, Maya, who I love Maya. Mm-hmm. I just think she's adorable. And I just, I, I, I think she's very n- green, but I just, I would love for her to win. I don't think it's going to happen. The whole but show? I think, yeah. I just, oh I God. love her. I think she's a, she's a, as my fiance would say, a cute little feller. So. You're ridiculous. So Plasma wins, and she breaks down in tears as if she won the whole show. She won. Is it was Barbara Streisand winning the Academy? Yeah, Award. I was like, is this? Does she realize she only won an episode, which she should be very happy about? But like tears, she needs to call her mom and tell her that she won this. And I'm like, get a hold of your fucking self. Calm down. It was just like already yeah. alive. Um, also, let's talk about Maya doing share. <laughs> that was adorable. I loved it. It was, I did laugh out loud. It was very cute. Uh, yeah, that's great. I think it was the funniest thing from the show. Yeah. To be on, honest yeah, with you. It was funnier than anything in RDR Live. And honestly, I think RuPaul's right. Is that that's going to follow her forever. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm great. Even though we didn't, we talked about the lip sync. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to say. One, Plasma says, you know, she talks about how Mirage is out dancing Geneva. And then she goes, and then I realized... She doesn't know the words. And I was because someone says this uh, in, in Untuck, she gets a letter. I think Plain Jane mentions how she didn't know the words. And I'm like, how would they know if she knew the words or not? They, they're seeing the back of her. They're seeing the back of her. Yeah, that's weird. Maybe there's a, do they have screens that they can I see? I don't the, know. The... I don't know. And then I love how she broke down on the stage, showed some real emotion. Obviously, people are told not you're not allowed to go up to her because everyone's just standing there which I feel their natural reaction would have been to, to run up to her. Yeah. And then the show, they don't say this specifically, but you can tell that, that, that the show's sort of like judging her that she didn't stop and say like, you know, well, I guess like a mirage, I'm gone. Or some stupid, dumb saying, you know, yeah. 
Like yeah. she just ran off and like, oh, can you believe she ran off and you say some cute thing? And then my favorite thing is just is sort of the conceit of the show. After an emotional moment like this, they probably should just have cut with her just wiping the lipstick away at the end. But I do love is that she's crying, she's sobbing, she's run off. Mm-hmm. And RuPaul's like, oh, well, shut up and dance. Yes. Also, Star was saying when she goes, uh, she says, I see big things for you, Mirage. Star was like, no, stop lying to them. What big thing? <laughs> she goes, if I was, if I was Mirage, I'd sue her. Because <laughs> there's, this is not true. Yeah. I thought that was I funny. agree with that. Like, what big things do you see for her? Give her a job. Yeah. See big things for her. Well, even Mirage in the beginning was like, I now for the rest of my life can tour the world. And I was like, what, what's stopping you now? Like, what? Just do it. Any other notes, Lori? Are we done with the episode? Yes. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 16. So, for Lori Roggenkamp and myself, sashay away until next week. That was a sure impression. Thank you for listening to Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can also email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more Drag Race and LGBTQ content, support us over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. This podcast was produced by Zach Birch. Nathan Brown has another podcast. It's called Bravo, Bravo, Effing Bravo. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Nathan Brown on Instagram at NathanBrown90. Follow Jobatance on Instagram at Jobatance. Special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Alex S. Anonymous. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Phil Skett Pony, Deckhead, Doofus Maximus, E. Smith, Elizabeth Tinner, Emma, Humble Pie, Isaac Martin, Jade Thomas Plank, Jesse Harris, Kathy Zender, Lauren Eckert, Lucy Carrasco, Luke Stamen, Mike Yeager, Mickey Baker, Poppy Woods, Ricardo the Hoodetta, Robert NYC, Sarah Yu, Runner Brandon, Tom Bombs, Travi Cosmos, Troy Anderson, and Zach Nelson. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. <laughs>